Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Show. I am so thrilled that you are here today and that we're talking all things uh, women in consulting, women with influence. Uh, We have a very special guest today, but before I get into that, uh, I'm going to share a little bit around probably some of the insights and things I'm noticing. I'm doing lots of work, particularly women in our community. I still work with blokes as well, Um, but we're doing a lot of work talking about um, the pe- that people are coming back to events um, here and there, still lots of virtual and still lots of Zoom and things like that uh, are still happening, still virtual studios being set up, um, been helping a few people with things like that. Um, and But certainly noticing lots of last-minute get-togethers, um, lots of still little bits of um, last-minute planning, I would say, on behalf of corporate clients. So, but um, there's still plenty of opportunity out there. I think some people are saying to me, you know, with uncertainty coming, you know, am I still going to get my clients? Am I, you know, what am I going to do? Um, so I still say the same thing, continue to keep building your pipeline. There are people out there. It's not affecting every single industry. So it is important to continue to keep building your pipeline, keep maintaining your relationships. The more that you are known in your industry, um, the better off you will be. So continue to keep building your communities and knowing knowing the people who really matter in your organize, in your um, tribes and staying connected to them and looking after them. Really, everything comes back to nurturing. Nurture your community, nurture your tribe, nurture your clients. And when I say nurture, I mean really about just care. The more that you care, the more that you have that empathy, kindness, um, uh, humility in serving, the more that they will continue to want to work with you, the more they will continue to want to, tr- to trust you because you're the expert. So I have a very special guest today and I want to share with you about them. But um, just a quick reminder that we also have uh, the Ignite Day coming up. Um, We have a a one-day workshop for women in consulting, uh, working with large organisations and medium organisations is okay too. Um, And it's a one-day workshop to help you to strategize and build your plan. So sales and marketing, branding and positioning ready for the next 12 months. We've got one coming up in Melbourne, one coming up in Brisbane. So they're coming up at the end of October and November 2022. So make sure you jump on, jump on the website, jane-anderson.com. Jump on, you'll be able to see the events page there. Jump on and register. There's some early bird pricing there. So don't miss out. Um, I'm not uh working with a massive group this is intense work so i can only work with a fairly small group so make sure you jump on and grab your spot uh in the meantime uh let's go to our very special guest today so our special guest today is a master storyteller a passionate educator and trend translator kim sealing smith helps business leaders move from disruptable to indestructible in the post-pandemic world As CEO of Ignite Global, Kim consults with organisations around the world, delivering the latest insights and helping them with strategies to increase employee retention, enhance employee experience and organisational culture and understand and embrace the future of work and the future workforce. So 
I look forward to hearing your thoughts, comments. Please reach out to me. I'd love to hear your reflections on today's interview with Kim. So welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you are one very busy lady, so thank you for agreeing to catch up with us. Um, so many questions that I want to ask you. You have had a truly extraordinary career and have an incredible consulting practice, as we said in the introduction. Oh, thank um, you. How on earth did you get into all this? Ah, well, it's interesting because I, I, my, my career has taken several twists and turns. I like to fashion myself or call myself a recovering accountant, um, because and, <laughs> and that, that really, that really informs a lot of what I do. Because I, like so many of us, uh, took some very well-meaning advice by somebody that I trusted and respected at the age of 19 that led me completely in the wrong direction. So um, I was working in the hotel industry. I love the hotel business. I was working front desk, love the people-oriented nature of the job. And, and that was what I was going to do. I was going to become a hotel general manager. So my uh, GM at the time put me into a management and training program. And the very first place that he put me was accounting because he said, you see the whole hotel come together. So I did that for a couple of years and he was transferred. And what, what I was supposed to do is rotate between the different departments, but I got stuck in accounting. So I thought, wow. well, as long as I'm doing this, I might as well go get a degree to learn how to do it better all the while thinking I'd go back into the hotel industry. But once you get into okay. university and study accounting, and I went to Ohio State, which was a well, very well-ranked university in accounting at that time, still mm -hmm. is probably, I don't know. Um, but you get kind of swept up into the big firm. So I ended up joining KPMG. And I spent five years trying to succeed as an accountant, failing miserably. And I oh, finally really? yeah. Yeah. And I finally recognized that the common denominator in all of these jobs that weren't working out was me. And now part of what I teach is strengths. <laughs> and I realized that detail is not one of my strengths. So can you imagine what a horrible accountant I'm wow. I mean, terrible. <laughs> so luckily I fell into what ended up being the greatest professional mistake of my career, which was I, um, wow. I was working work uh, uh, on the board of a not-for-profit uh, in Dallas, Texas. And you, you can tell by my accent, I'm not from around these parts, um, but I fell into a, a, a job as a recruiter um, through really being recruited by a woman that I was on the board of this not-for-profit with. And I decided that I would give myself 90 days to test it out. And within 30, I knew that I'd found my niche in life. I absolutely loved doing what I did. Um, during that 15 years, it got me from the United States, first to New Zealand, and then to Australia. And after 15 wonderful years working as a recruitment consultant, I decided that instead of being paid to put bums in seats, I wanted to help organizations keep the right people in the, in the right seats using the treasure trove of knowledge that I gained from 5,000 interviews of candidates who walked through my door as a recruiter. So that's, that's wow. a short version. Just incredible, Kim. 5,000 interviews. So these are 5, in that recruitment career that you had, like that body of knowledge and insights that you must have got from that. What have been some of the, like, what are the highlights? What are some of the things that you found out of those interviews that really stand out? 
Oh, it's so interesting because this is the very, so it's my timing as it was impeccable because when I decided this, I had just moved to Australia with the mm -hmm. intention. I, I was working with the multinational that initially brought me over to New Zealand, a company that I'd worked for on and off for 15 years. Well, I worked for them for 13 years and took a two and two year break in between. And my agreement when I moved to Australia was that I was going to work part-time in recruitment and part-time building this business. And I really had very little idea what this business was. And then the GFC hit. So nobody oh, wow. was hiring consultants <laughs> to, you know, engage and retain their staff. So I had about a year and a half to really think through this, which was the best gift that I possibly could have been given. So what I did is I reverse engineered these 5,000 exit interviews and I created my very first model. And I, uh, I call it the currencies of choice, the nine currencies of choice. And it has been extraordinarily successful in helping organizations engage and retain staff, like off the charts, um, off the charts, bottom line results. I had one organization, the IT department of a heavy equipment manufacturer, go from having the lowest employee engagement to the highest and beating the next highest by 23 points. In, uh, other wow. companies that reduced employee turnover by you know 10 or 15 points, just wildly successful. <laughs> now that model's only been updated twice, actually, um, because I'm a you know, if you look at my profile on the Colby scale, I'm a seven fact finder. So I'm always doing research. And I did yeah. some deep dive into the great resignation. And so that model's been updated then. So it, it's really one of my foundational models for employee engagement and retention. That's incredible, Kim. You know, what I love about that is, you know, when we're building a consulting practice, you know, we've got often this whole body of work that we've spent years on doing, but what you've done is evolved it into something and packaged it up. So instead of it just sitting there and going, oh, well, that was my past life. I don't want to do that. If I go out and start my consulting practice, I'll go this way. Is oh, you've yeah. actually, well, hang on. <laughs> Why don't we yeah. use this? But you've redefined how that's packaged up, redefined how people buy you the currency as opposed to um, it being um, recruitment needs is packaging it up into yeah. a different currency, which is actually yeah. about engagement. And it's really interesting and that you say that, Jane, because I used to see that as a recruitment consultant. People would come into my office and they would they would be frustrated by something that was happening in their day-to-day -day life, you know, in their day-to-day -day work lives. And instead okay. of making a little bit of a shift, they would want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that's human yeah. nature. And I think that, yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of your listeners are either just starting their practice or are thinking about, you know, leaving corporate and, and you know, doing something on their own. And that's one of the best mm. pieces of advice that I could give them is to really leverage your expertise. Don't get caught up. And I have to tell you, you know, especially during the GFC, I fashioned myself in a couple of different ways prior to really saying, what am I doing? You know, stick to mm. your knitting. You have this treasure trove of information. And, and so now my business is all about 
Uh, yes, talent attraction, absolutely, because if, you know, with my experience, that's that's a, a way that I can really help organizations. Uh, employee engagement and retention, as I've just said, and then over the last yeah. few years, I've really up leveled to do more strategic consulting and um, uh, and speaking around the future of work. And sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> We can edit that out. You're in hot demand, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to turn it. Oops. And, okay. And I answered it instead of, <laughs> so I have no idea who that was, but anyway, let's, Sorry. let's start. What was the question again? I'll, I'll answer. Um, um, uh, it was, uh, you said it's a really, it, an opportunity to really use that uh, yeah. treasure trove of all yeah. that work that you've got yeah. rather than sort of dismissing it is, yeah. Um, yeah, so, being so that, that's one of the best pieces of advice is, is leverage your experience. Do not negate mm. your experience. And it's human nature to think that, you know, and you can evolve over time. Obviously, I started yeah. with employee retention, and then yes. I realized very quickly that with the expertise that I had, I could also teach talent attraction, and in a very unique and different way. There's nobody teaching talent attraction the way I'm teaching it. And then over time, over the wow. last probably three or four years, I've evolved into a more strategic offering around the future of work, and I've created a, an mm -hmm. eight-step roadmap uh, for a future fit organization, and now I'm really playing with a lot of C-suite leaders, um, helping them prepare for, well, not even the future, prepare for now and understand the, the trends that are happening around the future of work. Let's face it, you know, the, the rules around the future of work are being rewritten on a daily basis. Um, yes. so, so you can evolve over time, but my advice is to stick to your knitting initially. Yes. And Kim... So as part of your practice, in terms of the modes of delivery, so you are you happy to share what that looks like in your practice? Like are you doing a bit of speaking or or um, a bit of every mode, like speaking, training, coaching, or what what does your business yeah. model look like ideally? Yeah. I fell into training. Initially, I wanted to be a conference speaker. That's how I started off. And um, then I fell into training because my, my clients were demanding this. They were saying, you know, develop a program that would help us really make an impact. I mean, it's great to start a conversation, but let's, let's look at a program. So I developed this program called Mind Reading for Managers, which is based on the nine currencies of choice model. I wrote a book mm -hmm. called Mind Reading for Managers, which really outlines the, the conversation that you can have around the currencies of choice. Uh, and the first few years um, that I was in business, I, I probably did mostly training with um, some consulting and a very little bit of speaking, but I've still really wanted to be on conference stages. I love sparking that conversation. So over time, mm -hmm. I've built my speaking practice. I've decreased the, the training so that I'm probably 40% um, probably training, 40% consulting with 20% mm -hmm. speaking now. And okay. I've, I've obviously written the book. I'm, I'm working with a wonderful mentor named Jane Anderson, who's helping me. <laughs> <laughs> helping me write my next book, which will be about yes. the uh, future fit organization, the eight-step roadmap. So 
Um, so yes. th this is really what I, where I want to, where I want to play. And I've developed a, a structure based on the eight step roadmap um, that will help organizations uh, over time really embrace all eight steps. And I'm bringing in a number of my colleagues to deliver the mm -hmm. pieces. Cause again, I'm very familiar with my strengths and weaknesses. So I'm developing yeah. relationships with colleagues to, uh, to bring in, to do the pieces that I'm, you know, that really aren't in my wheelhouse. Yes. That's such a valuable insight, Kim, because you know, as you're growing your practice, and I'm sure, you know, you've been through this is that we go, okay, we've got to do, and as part of growth is we get, you know, we're going, okay, I've got to do speaking, and I've got to go over here and do training. And then I'll go over here and do some coaching, and I'll do some mentoring. And I know you've got a massive a remit of online um, materials mm -hmm. and support and yeah. coaching uh, online courses. Um, you really are just trying to work out, I think, your own um uh strengths and your and just the energy flow in your own practice of what you love yeah. to do because there's only one of you yes, so exactly. it's near impossible to and you do hit this point though in your practice where you go you know what I can't do all six modes if it's speaker author trainer facilitator coach and mentor being consulting advisory yeah. all yeah. that in there so working out what is the mode and how my business model is designed. So what you're saying is that you know that your strength is really around that fact finder um, and, mm. and being involved in research. So being able to generate or create the IP, the tools, the resources. Yes. So yes, you consult, but enabling um, and leveraging your IP that others can be delivering yes. it. Is that right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That's really okay. the next, next evolution is to train others in delivering that. Um, I've got, mm. I've got that program ready to go. Well, that, that, it's going, I've got to train the trainer developed for the mind reading for managers program. Um, and mm -hmm. then that is now uh, available in a completely digital on demand modality. So I've got affiliates um, uh, in the States and in Australia who are selling that program on, on my behalf, but then it's their clients. So they're picking up a number of different add-on um, uh, uh, work for them in terms of coaching and other, uh, other uh, workshops that they can run. So it's really a win-win. These affiliate agreements, mm -hmm. these affiliate arrangements are really a win-win because it gives them something proven and tangible that will make them a yeah. remarkable difference, but then they can upsell uh, with some of the things that they offer as well. Right. I love that. And so then you get to stay in your space of continually advancing the thinking and finding the research and being that translator yes. uh, and not getting bogged down too much in the delivery. Yes. And, you know, I really like the model. I think it's a great model for those who are listening sometimes and to see a different version. You've got a really unique practice, Kim, in terms of um, I think what's possible because I think sometimes it's easy to go, oh, well, yeah, I think I need to um, create a training organisation and put on contractors and I'll just run the programs and we can't sometimes see another way around that. But you've got a really mm. interesting model in terms of these um, affiliates and they don't have mm. to, because there's a lot of people, I think sometimes, you know, if they're an expert thought leader, especially in these spaces, we think isn't everybody just creating their own IP, but not necessarily. No. Some people really 
need oh, these tools. Absolutely. And I find I find people, especially people who are starting out who don't haven't mm. haven't created their IP. Yeah. And there are other people who um, <clears throat> I know personally who really that's not their strength. They don't want to create their own IP. They really want to curate IP from other people and put it together in a suite of programs that specifically fits their customers' needs. So that's um that's been a successful business strategy for a number of my friends actually have done that yeah it's a really valuable model and I think there's there's so many versions that people can create for this and I love that you're creating the version that works for you and Mm. what you love to do um Mm. tell us we have to ask because um I'll be I won't be forgiven if I don't ask you um you've got the Necker Island um uh, (laughs) behind you you've as i've read in your bio you've obviously been involved richard branson and the and the work that he's involved in you've sat at the table there's a i think on um, some of the photos i've seen you're actually sitting next to him um, at, at an event so tell us what that experience was like that experience has been remarkable, quite frankly. I've had a chance to spend six days in total with Sir Richard, and um, wow. uh, the first three days were at Necker Island. And can I tell you, um, Richard wasn't even the most interesting person at that event because I was there with George and Amal Clooney as well, and ate most. Oh, as you do. <laughs> with them so that was that was quite exciting and then I was invited uh, with a group of just 15 people to uh, spend three days at his wildlife um, refuge in well not refuge but his wildlife sanctuary I guess in um, South Africa which was a dream come true for me uh and I've just been so so the reason for this involvement is there's a, an initiative that falls under his philanthropic arm. His philanthropic arm is called Virgin Unite. And there's an initiative called 100% Human at Work, which has been going since 2014 or 2015. And I found out about 100% Human and it, it really resonates with my DNA, with creating organizations yeah. that are both commercially smart, but also are um, uh, organizations that have cultures where their people can thrive because I truly, truly believe that we need to reimagine work. I mean, look at the stats around the great resignation, look at what's happening in, in the marketplace, look at the critical skills shortage. We have to re-envision this. And so hundred percent human at work was a natural alignment for me. Um, I initially was invited to take the place of somebody who had been invited to Necker Island. And then I got to know the Virgin Unite community. So I keep getting invited back. And in fact, I was one of the um, foundational members of the committee that brought hundred percent human at work here to Australia. We're after a oh, two right. year sort of hiatus, we're reinvigorating it. We're having our first in-person gathering in November of this year. And I'll okay. tell you a secret, just, just between you and I and, and our yeah. listeners, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just asked to be one of 15 people on a global steering committee for 100% Human at Work, which is a dream come true for me. So wow. that's how I get to hang out with Sir Richard from time to time. Oh, how inspiring. That's just incredible, Kim, you know, just to have an experience like that, to see someone who has just achieved so much. What do you think has been 
um, what do you think the value is around surrounding yourself with, doesn't always have to be Richard Branson, but around people who help you to really um, think bigger and strive? Yeah, you would probably know because you're such a great person with quotes and gosh, you're the most organized person I've ever seen in my life in terms of, oh, I remember seeing, I remember seeing something in 2013. Let me just find that for you. And 15 <laughs> seconds later, it's in my inbox. Never, never experienced that before. Um, so you'll probably remember who, who said this, but there was somebody who said that uh, the the quality of your life or the, the the level of success that you will attain are are directly equivalent to the top five people that you surround yourself with. I'm horribly yep, paraphrasing. Jim Rohn. That. Was that Jim yep. Rohn? Okay, I knew yep, you, you did very well. That. I knew <laughs> you know that. So um, so I you know I really take that to heart, and I love being in rooms where I am the dumbest, poorest person in that room. I love surrounding myself <laughs> with people that just really challenge my level of thinking. I walk away from those just being so incredibly energized, those experiences. So um, I, I just, I think that it helps you, you know, you're, you're breathing different air and you're having different conversations. I, I won't say that it's directly added to my bottom line in terms of have I picked up clients as a result of this? Probably not. But what it's done is it's helped me think differently and really challenge myself. Uh, um, uh, and and really cross-pollinate my thinking with other people from very diverse backgrounds, um, yes. you know, attempting to, to, to overcome very diverse challenges. Cause I think that there's a lot of, a lot of um, gold that can be gleaned from other people's experiences in completely different areas. So yes. that's, that's what those experiences have done. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Kim, I've got this quote here from you, which is a little gem. I reckon you, you know, get the right people around you, you start breathing different air. I love that. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be putting your quotes out to Excellent. people now. Excellent. Oh, you're right. I love that. It does, it does feel like that, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Yeah. It really does. And, you know, and it, it also, it humbles you because, Yes. A lot of the people, a lot of the people in these rooms have overcome extraordinary circumstances. So not only mm -hmm. are they doing extraordinary things for the planet, they've mm -hmm. overcome extraordinary circumstances to be able to do these things. And it, it really, you know, it challenges me and humbles me at the same time. Yes. And Kim, what's been the biggest challenge for you in growing your practice? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you and I are working on this right now, getting <laughs> the right support system around me. Um, I, I, especially since COVID, I haven't had any support system around me. I've been trying, you know, I've been the lone ranger trying to do it all and you just can't do it all, nor should you do it all. Uh, I let my assistant go at, during the early days of COVID because we didn't know what was going to happen. 
And uh, mm-hmm. she then got a full-time job and I just never replaced her. And I recognized after going through a really major bout of burnout uh, about nine months ago, I recognized the toll that it was taking. So I'm, you know, I'm making great strides in, um, in pulling the team around me. I've got, now I've got a part-time operations manager who's been on board about right. six weeks and really, you know, starting to kick some goals there. Um, it looks right. like we found a, a VA that is going to be a tremendous support system to me. Right. Um, and so once I get that really shorn up, then that'll free up my time, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, plumbers taps. <laughs> I teach people about strengths and weaknesses and, and utilizing your time, but have I followed my own advice? No, I haven't. And part of that, you know, part of that comes from how I was raised. I was raised with a tremendous work ethic. And, and so, you know, my philosophy has always been just work harder and Mm. it's just, you know, there comes a point in time where you just can't work harder. You've got to work smart. So that's my, that is my intention uh, over the next few years is to work smart and to uh, continue to up level and do what I love to do, make a bigger impact and uh, have more ease and fun in my life. Yeah, that's what we want. (laughs) Um, I love hearing that, Kim, because I know for a lot of um, particularly women that listen to the podcast is you know, they often, I find there's two phases where they kind of hit a wall of, I just can't go any further. I can't, I can't seem to break through this wall of, do I change my offering? Do I start selling online courses? Um, You know, there's all this, what do I need to do? And there's a, there's the first wall. And I reckon it sort of kicks in around that 200,000 mark where we're not actually the actual real problem is we're not really valuing ourselves, we're not valuing our yeah. time, we're not valuing yeah. our expertise. So there's actually more so a pricing problem and initial support problem that you don't have to keep doing it all. It's time yeah. to start to yeah. offload yeah. and and that takes a lot of trust, vulnerability, surrendering a little bit, yeah. um, and realizing that this is you are going through even just realizing you're going through a growth period, so an extreme growth. So I think getting that support system around at that stage is often hard. And then there's the other one that happens where there's a real leveling up because you're shifting through positioning into leverage and distribution. And so you're coming out of, because you've done quite a lot of media, you are known in this space around the future of work, the, the tools that you've created, the clients you've worked with, the stages you've spoken on. It's now this different level of leveraging because once you've sort of identified what, um, uh, where you bring your greatest value in terms of the modes. So if that's speaking and the author, particularly in yours is speaking, authoring mm-hmm. yeah. and advisory, those three, then, um, okay, we've got to get, we can't, just can't keep working more. We've got to somehow create space for you yes. to think. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Keep going that way. And that's a different level, which is interesting. You talk about an operations manager coming in now and being able to, it's a little bit a more strategic type level of working with navigating through that next phase. That first one is really about, I need a VA to do my calendar emails, yeah. you know, yeah. that sort of thing. But now it's bringing in a little bit higher level yeah. support. Um, uh, and yeah. I think there's the, those that listen sometimes uh, to the show sometimes there's, 
a lot of courage that comes with that, isn't there? Because you think this is a lot of money. You know, if I've got to outlay this support, am I actually going to get a return out of this? Am I actually going to get these days down? And, and the other thing that I would say is, especially women, you know, the imposter syndrome is a thing. And there That's are so right. many women who just do not back themselves in terms of, and, and I suffer from it as well at every level. Um, mm. You know, they just don't back themselves in, in terms of the quality of their IP, the quality of their experience and what they have to offer. Um, mm. I personally have, have spent the last almost a year working with a mindset coach to really help me, help me with that. And that's been tremendously successful. But one of the best tools that I um, that I use personally and that I teach my clients mm-hmm. to use is called an IROC file. Um, and it, it was a little... <laughs> little American because Americans are fond of saying you rock. Um, so (laughs) I created this, (laughs) I created this by accident for, for a client that was, um, really having some anxiety issues. And what, what I do is I have them have them collect evidence of the impact that they've made. So performance Mm. reviews, thank you notes from clients, um, results from clients. And when I, and and if you're really having a bad time, and this has to be a physical file folder, so you can flip through it and, and okay. read, read these things. And what it does is it just fills your body with dopamine. Um, dopamine mm. is like Pac-Man for cortisol. So the anxiety, anxiety dissipates and you really start to feel more confident. And, uh, you know, everybody goes through ups and downs. And in this world, yes. you know, the ups and downs are coming more frequently. I use that file myself just to remind myself, especially if I've got, you know, a, a, a scary client meeting or if I'm embarking on mm. a project that I'm not 100% sure that I know, you know, that I feel comfortable with. I'll just use that to remind myself that I've been successful in the past. I will be successful now. I've got this physical file of evidence saying I rock. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's such a fantastic idea, Kim. You know, the difference that that must make to just, that could just totally change your energy in a day to go to another client. Like anything you can do to sort of hack that um, Mm -hmm. and disrupt that thinking. So you actually, if they're emails, you actually print them and put them in that physical file and have them nice and visible, yeah, on your desk somewhere. Yeah, and some of my clients, one of my clients even put together, she was into scrapbooking and she put together this like notebook with rocks on the top of it. And, you know, this like beautiful presentation. I am not that creative, but I, 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 I fell into this. I create all of my best ideas by accident. Truly, (laughs) I do create all my best ideas by accident, but I fell into this when I was moving between New Zealand and Australia, I was cleaning out files and I was really nervous because I knew that I'm going to start my own business. I knew that it wasn't going to be in recruitment. I didn't really know what it was going to be. And I really had some hesitation about, can I do this? And I was cleaning out files and I kept running, I save everything. So I've got, you know, a, a personal handwritten note written by the CEO of the company that actually moved me from the U S to New Zealand and then to Australia. Um, 
the CEO was in my office in 1994. No, it was later than that, 96 or something like that. And um, was impressed by what he saw. And he wrote me a handwritten note, which I still have to my, I can reach behind me and get that note. So I can't find the stats like you can, but I can find handwritten notes. And so when I was cleaning out file folders, I was consolidating all of these. And as you do, you you have a tendency to read them. And I recognized how confident I began to feel and how happy I began to feel. And I went, you know, I think this is a thing. I'm going to create a file folder yeah. and, and I call it my <laughs> iRock file. iRock file. Oh, we so need a rock, iRock file. So if you're thinking and you're listening to this today, go fill out, go create your iRock file. I know I'm definitely going to be doing that, Kim. That's such a fantastic idea because, you know, let's face it, you know, we're on our own. We don't um, uh, always, you know, get enough positive feedback and encouragement and things like that. So they really are so valuable to hang on to. Um, And I love that I'm not really a hoarder either, but something like that is something so valuable to hang on to because look how long that you've kept that for and that person and what that meant for you. That's terrific. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Kim, um, uh, in terms of someone who might be listening today has got their practice, they go, oh, Kim is so amazing. Like they're looking at your website, they're seeing the, the book you've written, like they're going, oh, gosh, if, you know, if there was someone listening here, what advice would you have for them in terms of running and growing a uh, consulting practice? Yeah, I would say don't do what I did. Um, you know, surround, <laughs> your, surround yourself with the right people. Don't try and do it all. Get the right team in place at the right time. You've got a tremendous model to follow. And I'm I'm really starting to backfill on some of the steps that I missed. And, and I can see that it's going to pay dividends. Um, so surround yeah. yourself with the right people and leverage your expertise. Start from there and then grow. I know it's really... Um, attractive to go off and do something completely different but start with what you know and grow yeah start with what you know and grow that that's there's another saying there's another quote quote. I love them and back yourself Um, absolutely back yourself oh yeah and back yourself great yeah you've been through a lot Kim in terms of not just I'm always in awe of you because not just because of the quality of your work and what you've been able to do and and leveraging all your expertise, but you have moved around the world doing this and you have mm-hmm. adapted to new people and new roles and you've taken on incredible roles in PSA here in Australia. Kim did an amazing job as conference convener oh, uh, for our PSA conference. Um, you know, you really are playing at the pointy end, and uh, but you're... Uh, a real uh, trailblazer I think for women in this space to go here's a version of this that you could do and I love that you're designing your practice around who you are as a as an amazing human being as an incredible woman and and to be able to say well you know here's my version of living the dream is my version of what I want it to look like. So I think you're a real, um, yeah, you're a real fantastic, incredible role model for those who, because I know when I started, I was like, I just was trying to find, tell me all the stories of these women of how they do all this and what does a version look like? Because sometimes it's hard to understand, it's hard to see, and then your practice is really unique again. So um, 
I think you have to be authentic to who you are. And I think that, I think that too often women try to mold themselves into other models. And let's face it, most of the models that are out there are male models which don't, um, you know, don't always work for us. We have a different operating system, you know, uh, from a, from a brain perspective, our brains are identical, but we have a different operating system, be it, you know, the environment that we've all grown up in our societal expectations, whatever it is, we do have a different operating system. And I think that we have to honor that and we have to be authentic male or female. We have to be authentic to who we are. Yeah, what a great um, way to finish on, to be authentic to who you are. Because let's face it, there's only one of you. We might as well make the most of it if we're going to go this way. Absolutely. So, Kim, if people want to follow you, find out more about you, where would you like them to go? What do you want them to do to connect with you or or, get in touch with you? Two places. Uh, LinkedIn, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. I am the only Kim Sealing Smith on the planet. Um, And I regularly post value add, well, I hope it's value add, uh, value add content on LinkedIn. But also my website, if if, um, somebody who's listening has a team and they're struggling with attraction and retention, there's a free white paper that I've got on the homepage of my website, which is www.igniteglobal.com. They can download the free white paper, which is the nine uh, keys to avoid the great resignation. It's my nine current of choice unpacked so I would invite mm-hmm. you to to download that <laughs> and to use that as a, a model for engaging and retaining your own staff fantastic we'll put all the links on there for you uh, when we publish the podcast so if you're looking for where those are uh, you'll see those on the website uh, but Kim thank you so much for your time oh, we're so glad you, that Jane. you put a thing and I will um, hopefully always we'll have make time for you <laughs> oh, you are so kind Thank you so much. And we can't wait to have you back. (laughs) Thanks, Jane.